another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I'm your co-host, Mike One. Co-host also, Mike, is also here. Uh, we're going to review Avatar 2. I got some things to say. <laughs> it's it's ruined going to the movies for me. Come I may on. never go to another theater. No, shut up. You shut up. No, Everyone listening no. to this, shut up. <laughs> don't put me in this position. Seriously. You're putting me in the position I where I have to like beg you. It's just... I have to beg you to love movies again. Oh, I'm it's so ridiculous. angry. Just because the movie was 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 not fun, and, and just because it. the movie was exactly it what was, I thought it was going to be, it was not a good experience for me either. I I agree with you. Usually, I am more measured, and you're just like full heel heel turn, and you're just a belligerent a yeah. hole. Yeah, like that's usual. I mean, uh-huh. do we do we agree with this? Yes. <laughs> No, I'm, but usually like, when you like really turn heel, I'm like the guy who's like, well, I mean, I enjoyed this. Yeah. Or I enjoyed that. But I like I'm I'm watching the movie and I just I'm like, I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for the same <laughs> the same story done for the thousandth time. And it makes how old worse. were you when you watched Free Willy for the first time? Uh, well, that was what? 92, 93. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right. So I was nine, eight, eight or nine. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And that How was the last. You when you most recently what? watched Free Willy. Yeah, I was eight or nine, <laughs> perhaps, maybe ten. <laughs> I was almost thirty-six the last time I watched Free Willy. Apparently, but have you ever seen a lobster whale? Uh, this was a first. I saw a lobster. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's review Avatar: The Way of Water up top. But you're burying the bulk of the episode, the lead. Well, not the lead, but we're going to review the Critics' Choice nominations today. So we're, there's that too. So we don't yes. have to. We don't have to piss everybody off for the entire episode should we just start for the let's beginning. start nice let's start nice okay, let's start good. with the critics choice stuff please and All then right. we'll build up to my uh, seething <laughs> seething hatred well look mike here's a movie you liked you liked <laughs> you liked everything everywhere all at once you really yeah, liked I it i like that movie yeah that 14 was a good movie. <laughs> nominations at the critics choice comedy vfx mua costume editing production design original screenplay director ensemble uh stephanie sue got nominated jamie lee curtis kwan yo picture i'm not going to list them all for everything but everything everywhere all at once got 14 nominations which is incredible it led the tallies uh over the fablements with 11 and Babylon with nine. Are you surprised to see Babylon in the top three? Well, I expected more crafts to come in for Babylon. Mm-hmm. I uh, I did not expect Damien Chazelle necessarily from the critics after the critics kind of half panned the film. Yeah. So that was the surprise nominee for me. Uh, I, 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 but I expected, yeah, I expected a few more crafts than, than we've been getting because like Golden Globes doesn't have all the crafts. That's true. But if I had told you coming out of the Globes that Babylon was going to be tied with Banshees and Critics' Choice noms, which Banshees also finishing with nine itself, uh, picture director Barry Keegan makes the cut, Brandon Gleeson makes the cut. It's a Critics' Choice, though, too, so you got to remember these are expanded categories. So, you know, generally, if film Twitter is going to be all embracing one of these precursor award shows, it's probably going to be the Critics' Choice because a lot of names are able to make the field. I remember years ago when Toni Collette only made her name uh, relevant there or only made the cut there at the Critics' Choice, yes. and we were all happy about that for Hereditary when we thought she should have been there every step of the way. You can make the same argument right now about Stephanie Sue. 
people were overjoyed to see her there. You make the same argument about Barry Kogan. So there, there are there's reason to be happy, but they are also uh, categories with six or seven names as opposed to just five or ten or ten directors. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Kaczynski still wasn't on the list. Ten directors and still no Top Gun director. That's yeah. a bit of an indictment. Well, they, they could be wrong. I mean, just because they're critics doesn't mean they Lord can't knows be James wrong. James Cameron has been. Yeah. Michael, we had Avatar The Way of Water, six nominations. (laughs) Top Gun Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, six nominations. Uh, How do you feel about that? I wanted a few more. I'm not going to lie. But I I mean, I think they're strong in those six. I feel good about those six. Tom Cruise getting there was a nice surprise. Yes, I think that that was necessary. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll if he wanted a chance at Oscar, he probably needed that one. Uh, otherwise, I was I was hoping for a bigger rebound from women talking. But yes, this is still a rebound. Buckley, the only actress, the supporting actress in her case, to get in. That is a you know for a movie nominated for best ensemble and for a lot of the praise coming towards the cast. I, they they really they really got to get. The confusion out of there and they got to get behind maybe a few performances uh i would say for something like women talking for something like she said which i know is not you know it's not going to be the player that i hoped it was but that's fine but even still i like those are the types of movies i kind of expected to do better with the guilds anyway and the academy anyway so i don't know i mean i know that women talking is a bit of a disappointment it was a bit of a disappointment with golden globes too but i don't know that i would discount its chances at being a major threat in a couple oscars categories yet either well, that's it. That's that's heartening. Why do you think a movie like that would do better with the guilds? That doesn't make sense to me. I, you don't think so? I mean, they, it's just it's stories that are more impactful that Hollywood has seemed to take to heart more, or at least act like they're taking to heart more over the last couple of years. So they seem like you know they might want to put on a happier face or put on a more uh, solidified or you know I'm falling in line type of face with those types of stories. Hmm. That's just my take on it. I mean, especially, it goes more to she said, obviously, because it's more directly related to Hollywood, but woman talking, I kind of put in that same group, too. It's just like any kind of the abuse of women where the women have to gather and kind of pick themselves up and stand up for themselves, I think, has been ever since the Me Too thing that broke out in Hollywood. That's been a big aspect of the actors, somewhat the directors, but more so the, the I would say, the SAG than anyone else. And certainly, the I mean, we see members of the Academy talking about it, at least get paying lip service all the time as well. Yeah. So that my expectation would just be if those movies hit more with them than the critics, that wouldn't shock me. So in a weird way, you are capable of hope and optimism. I'm going to bury this fucking movie about Loopy. <laughs> <laughs> but you can be optimistic. Mike Glass Onion with six as well. RR with five. In terms of the globe difference with the choice, we had RRR and Women Talking in at choice. We had Triangle of Sadness out at choice. That was in the globe 10. And we have 11 nominees for best picture here so those ta- those tallies i don't know if we mentioned that but those tallies are also the best picture 11 in this case uh in terms of the misses triangle of sadness in terms of the misses and best picture triangle of sadness only one nomination for best comedy at critics choice mm. uh, which is a bummer there after several at golden globes wakanda forever five woman king four whale four after sun kind of rebounded a little bit paul mescal getting in with three pinocchio got the same three and then otherwise we had you know the batman i think 
you know, I was waiting to see Batman get involved more in this award yeah, season. Same here. Three noms at the Critics' Choice. Living with two. Nye and adapted screenplay was cool to see. Till uh, with two. And then she said an Empire of Light with one apiece. Uh, Empire of Light, I'm still surprised, isn't being treated as well by any kind of voting body right now. It did, didn't do that well, overly well with the HFPA. It doesn't do overly well with critics. I'm just surprised usually when, you know, if Olivia Wilde is going to be a threat to be nominated. Coleman. Coleman. Or uh, Wilde. Coleman. Yeah. yeah, or Wilde. I, I have a one-track mind with this episode, Mike. <laughs> if Olivia Coleman is going to be treated seriously as a threat to be nominated in the category, that usually means there's some other aspects of the movie, as we've seen in recent years, that are going to surprise across the board. So maybe that means her candidacy for best actress isn't as strong as it has been in previous years or maybe the movie does drag everything else down that much i haven't seen it yet obviously so i can't comment on it i don't know um triangle of sadness doesn't surprise me all that much that it didn't do it it surprises me that it didn't do well with critics because i've seen critics speaking highly about it all year long but it doesn't surprise me that it did better with an international voting body like the hfpa than it did with the critics choice Triangle of Sadness does not have the international feature path for the for the Academy. That's that's probably going to hurt it at the end of the day. I would not be surprised if it if, if it falls out. I also watched that movie and I'm just I wasn't that impressed. It's another one of the f- few films this year where I'm, I'm I'm very much against the grain. I guess uh, we're about to discuss another one of said films. You missed uh, that Michael. Cameron touch is what you're saying. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. I just didn't. Maybe uh, again, I was just too. I, I dealt with a three-hour trip to the city, and it, it was just a long day. It was a long day for me, so maybe yeah, I was three a- hours to do any one thing. I think is too long. I think twelve well German beers <laughs> in the mix as well. A plate of sausage. I don't know your existence at New York film festivals. Is it, it, it needs to be studied by science. Well, it just it didn't help me in a movie about puking. It didn't help me. Right. Doing no, all that stuff. It. No, I I don't understand how you were able to keep things down. Before a movie about puking, it didn't right. help. I mean, I just didn't enjoy the movie as much as I might have if I was fresh. I guess maybe I should see it again. Anyway. Where, where do you rank, uh, completely changing topics, where do you rank Critics' Choice in your mind when it comes to like, the precursor season? Because I asked that because to me... And I think I tweeted this or something similar to it anyway, but like Critics' Choice to me has always been scarily accurate when it comes to the Oscars with like obscure categories. Like they're not greatly predictive in my mind with like how nominations will fall necessarily, but like we go back and we've, I've highlighted before that production design stat, they get that right with the Oscars every single year almost. So Critics' Choice, I obviously put a lot of stock into, but maybe less so in terms of predicting like big six nominations and who might fall and who might be left out because of them. We did this comparative study before. I got to find it and I will, I will help. I'll give you a definitive answer on this. However, I remember being surprised by which of the precursors was more predictive. Yeah. And and I, and I believe it was the Golden Globes, based on statistics. Now, that being said, BAFTA had some wonky years, and I'm not just talking about their recent you know, jury nomination process that uh, changed after their scandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some wonky years way back when they only like pick, like to pick British films. The Critics' Choice also had some wonky years. I would say, where they were not trying to be predictive at all or where they didn't care. And they had, again, they had some weird categories as well. So 
if you you got to look closer at history, I think we probably should do that. So I, I can't answer your question right now. I think uh, Ann Thompson just answered it, Mike, and she was like, "Critics' Choice is more predictive." I, I I'm just going off feel anyway. Like like when I hear certain things from Critics' Choice, like when they hit my ear, I'm like, okay, that's 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 good to know. I don't know that it's necessarily how I envision the Academy is going to do the same thing, but who knows? You, I mean, when it comes down to actually doing the cross section and picking out the stats for sure. I, I would trust Ann Thompson more than anyone. Bottom line, though, none of these uh, award shows have, like, overall more than, like, a 70 to 75% mm-hmm. hit rate. So at, at most, like, it's 7 out of 10 if or 3 out of 4. But it's not, you know, you're going to get surprises at the end of the day for mm-hmm. everything. That's why it's it means everything and nothing. There you go. Everywhere. <laughs> but it means most things. But it also means most things. It's like a... The magical troll that comes up to you when you need to cross the bridge. <laughs> it really is uh, a brain twister. Now, mm-hmm. speaking of things that did not twist my brain. Yeah. All right. Avatar The Way of Water. Look, <laughs> the mocap, the VFX, the CGI, you have more highs and lows. I'm a little higher on those things than you. Look, I I don't understand if you took 13 or 15 or 25 years to get this thing right. And you're going to come out on the press tour and talk shit about Marvel's motion capture and VFX. And everyone's going to trip over themselves talking about how great the VFX are in this movie and how it's a runaway for the Oscars and there's no contest. And you spent your life like dedicating in a, in a, in a fucking office somewhere, making sure this blue world looks so great. And like, shouldn't it, I, I not see any issues yeah, I, I think there are a few moments where it, it seems like CGI. But it's painfully the, obvious. But look at the other two hours and 45 minutes. Those oh blue people God. look real, Michael. They look what like the corporate. What the fuck real. are we talking about? Two hours and 45 minutes? I agree. I agree. I agree. Why are we having a fight on this one thing that we I'm not, slightly I'm going to be. I'm going to be very disagree. angry. None of it is directed at you. You need to well, understand that. I, I do. I do. But like, just, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, it's going to win VFX. I'm going to throw babies. I just. I don't think I don't think it should. Mike like I don't think it's a. I'm gonna throw baby. Well, then you're blind as a bat because no, those I'm not. I'm not. It's not. Why that are we good. arguing about this? Good. It is better. You are blind. We have established this. You I, look at. I will I'm agree. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start shadow well, boxing. But in my what, it doesn't have to be all just fire and brimstone if there. This one thing is good about it. And look, I don't think it is the good, most though, expensive. Okay. Michael is the most expensive. <laughs> infomercial for a water park that has ever been made in the it's history. It's a 32nd government PSA. I mean, the only reason Smokey the Bear wasn't featured in this thing is because it was underwater and not in a forest. I imagine he was in the first one. He was he was uh, in the first one somewhere, I believe. I, I can't remember. because I, I mean, is it anything. not a 32nd government PSA of be nice to water? I think, I think if this guy wanted to make a climate change movie, he should make a climate change movie. I don't understand why he's got to do all this I agree with that space. wholeheartedly. And, and it, I don't understand why, why he has to. I mean, I, I, I was trying to think last night why I'm so angry. <laughs> I was really trying to search Just my feelings. Just in general or about this movie? <laughs> in both, but more so about this movie. <laughs> but I was, I, was, I was trying to, and I first was like, do I need James Cameron to sit there and tell me over three hours and 15 minutes over why what his view of the environment is is so important? But I think that's hypocritical for me to get mad at because then I should get mad at like any director making any movie, right? 
I, I don't I don't have a problem with his messaging. The the issue with me is that like it's the same messaging messaging as the last movie, and now he's just talking about ocean life more in this movie, <laughs> as opposed to stealing Fern Gully right. completely in the first movie. Right. But look at I thought I thought he had a story to the last movie, and my biggest issue with this movie is that. The plot builds for 20 minutes, then we digress for 150 minutes before finally picking up the plot again for the final 20 minutes. I felt throughout this my viewing experience, I gave this movie a D plus. I hated the story. I hated the, the theater experience. I hated being there. I fell asleep. Four, I'm not joking. Four times I fell asleep. This was boring. It was overwritten. If I felt like the entire time I was watching cutscenes from a video game. It, it felt G- like a lot of episodic side quests. Well, that's where I'm going. If James Cameron wants to make a Final Fantasy video game, right. do that. Don't. But the point of side quests in Final Fantasy video games is that they're optional. Don't make me sit through the boring side quests that I would skip if I were playing Final Fantasy in a video game. And that's the, probably the difference between guys like us and and a lot of other people who will just enjoy the beautifulness of the production values. And they will tolerate the the larks of the story, and I think that's what a lot of people have said based on my reviews, because or based on my kind of some uh, cursory look at a lot of the reviews, because a lot of people will like say you know give all the grand statements, and then they're like saying, oh, but these fifteen things I hated. Right, about <laughs> right, right. It, then it's not a good movie. So I have to question their reviews. Many of them, people and I like, I genuinely when I was like. thinking, when I and I, I am the same way. I mean, there are people that came out in positive about this. And look, I, I, I tweet this. I mean this. I believe this. If you got something positive out of this movie and you really like, I God bless you. I hope I'm, I'm, I'm truly happy for you. I'm not that person. That is in part to me what I did land on was my biggest problem. Not James Cameron spouting his views and making me sit through four hours of them. My problem is with a lot of other people, like the the way this movie has been accepted. This movie, because there are those 15 to 25 things wrong with it, objectively... We, we can't have the Oscars, and they and somebody's a cynic is going to say, well, this is what the Oscars have always been, and they're not that wrong, but nonetheless, us doing this and being an Oscars podcast, we cannot have the Oscars turn into, oh, look, a legacy director who makes one film every 15 years, made a film again, so it's automatically a Best Picture nominee, regardless of what's wrong with it. And that's my biggest issue with this movie is yeah. that I, because I had to sit there and sit through it and it was exactly what my expectations feared it would be. And I was so angry at being, I was like a caged animal just walking back and forth. Oh, I, I, had to, I had to sit through this because it's an Oscars movie because everybody else deemed it an Oscars movie before they fucking saw a scene of this. Yeah, but they also kind of saw it at the same time. And, and kudos to... 20th century for marketing this thing to Oscar pundits in the perfect way possible and to critics because they put this thing right out right beforehand and it dazzled them all and now we have this parade but Michael we are we are one of the few people that don't love this movie like love I'm not talking like love now I, I again would say, do you guys really love this movie? No, because they don't. They, they don't. You think you love this movie? Like, 
I don't know. People I just, are praying to the altar of James Cameron, and I get it. And yeah, it looks great, but like, all right, can we, I want to get a little specific without spoilers, though, because I just think there's some fundamental issues with this movie that I was just baffled. I was sure. baffled that a, a, a guy as experienced as James Cameron would twenty screw minute up plot these, is stretched over three hours. There's issue number one. That's issue number one. Like you could have you you build the plot, you you continue off of the last movie, and at the twenty minute mark, you start a scene. And if you finish that scene the way they finish the movie, that's all you need. You need 25 minutes. Never yeah. mind 40 minutes. This was this was a half-hour TV show. That's all you need. That That is how far you move the plot forward. Now, I get, get it. I've read science fiction and fantasy. I like the epic story arc. I like the side quest myself. So, all right. If you but like it would make more quests, sense. Great. It would make more sense if he didn't already have the next 18 sequels that are going to be three hours each locked down. Like, he doesn't have to do all this world building, which is nonsense it's not anyway. even world building when you just combine right. it's fucking two animals into one animal. <laughs> I agree. When you just combine crabs and robots. When you just <laughs> go one-to-one and say their when ecological <laughs> problems are the same as our ecological problems. And when, when you, you just, just combine the Sopranos with zero dark 30. I agree with you. <laughs> but like you underserve the single most important relationship in this film. Like I'm not going to spoil it, but the most important relationship to the arc of this story, you have one scene, you have one flashback at the beginning of the movie and then nothing else. It's just a, a flat character that we have to deal with at the end. And I went into this movie purposely having not seen... I've never seen the first one. I Everything I ever feared about wait the first minute, one... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The yeah. first one is superior to this. I could give a shit. I'm never going to watch it now. But but it, I purposely... But it's the first one's a full story. Like, you get a full story. Don't, I, I couldn't... You could tell me the first one would actively, like, give me sexual pleasure. No, I'm no, not no. Gonna but, watch but, it. I don't right, care. Well, look, it, your review is you're discrediting yourself. No, I'm not, because I, I I'm shocked that you haven't seen the first one. I don't, I don't understand how you didn't see that movie. I was going. I was. I was going to watch it before going into this one. Finally, I, first of all, the reason I never watched it is because I didn't. I've seen Ferngully. I don't need to see it again with better graphics. But well, I why was going to watch it going a sequel before seeing the first one. Purposely for that reason, I was like, "Well, I could watch it going in, or I can give this fresh eyes, and this could be. I could come at no, this no, from no, a it's point just of rationalization. View of, watch. No, it's not. No, it absolutely movie. is not. It I was. A, it was a. It was a conscious thought by me. It was a conscious thought to not see it because I wanted to see if this one could stand on its own to somebody who Just maybe hadn't like seen the first one. You do your homework to me. That's why I get, I get scolding. You put me in this position where I have to scold you you're, for not you're, doing you're your homework. You're on thin ice right now. You're, you're on thin ice. Well, why are we at yell, odds in this movie that we you, both hate? Because you're yelling at me! <laughs> because you're hating it the wrong way. No. <laughs> That's what you're doing wrong no, I'm not. right now. No, I'm not. It's your a bad movie. Your hatred is not on the same wavelength <laughs> as my hatred. I purposely went into this to see if the sequel could stand on its own as an Oscars movie, no less. I was asleep by the 33-minute mark of the movie, so no, it cannot for me. I'm but just, like, All right, look it. But I'm just saying, if you're falling asleep during a movie, it's going to be hard to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the movie shouldn't put me to sleep four times. I'd keep up better. Maybe it shouldn't have a runtime where I'm able to take four separate five-minute naps and still have three fucking hours of the movie to go. Yeah. Um... Uh... <laughs> But, you know, like, if you miss part of the story, you're going to be screwed. I mean, I, I watched the whole story, and I was still here, screwed. Here, 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 here. We'll tell right now. You can tell me if I miss part of the story. Give me a quick synopsis of what the story is. Because the story's only 20 minutes long, Mike. <laughs> Look, the side plots are what you probably missed. But here's, right. here's I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. 
every single one one of those side plots if you get a gist of them like with one of the kids this kid does that that kid does this the setups are so formulaic that you know exactly where the payoffs are going this is perhaps the most predictable blockbuster i have ever seen in my life and that's why i'm aggravated because i could tell you how this movie was going to end i could have wrote this back half of the script if you gave me the first half of the script i mean it's just perfectly symmetrical and thoroughly aggravating in that fact because james cameron has been anything but predictable in his entire filmography I mean, and he made a movie, his most popular movie. It was about a, a movie we all, where we all knew the ending. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my pushback on that would be, I maybe that was James Cameron, but he he stopped making movies to do this I don't know garbage. why he's doing epic fantasy. Why? Like, it's not his forte. It's and just, yet- it's nonsense. Like, it's nonsense setup, too. I don't, I, I, and fantasy isn't for me, and I know I come into this with that bias anyway, but I was really pulling for this movie to pull me in with a story, and it, I, no, absolutely not, there's no story to be pulled in with, like, like we keep saying, but. It's just, it, and it, it gets just even more, like, it's even more hypocritical to make this movie and have it consumed by the entire world when we're also just ruining the world. We're ruining the environment, which we're, is part we're of driving what he's, our cars. Yeah. I mean, look, after committing genocide to all the uh, indigenous peoples for centuries, our ancestors, wherever we that the hell we were, even though we're immigrants, fine. We 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 watch this movie and we pay homage for for three hours, and yet, I mean, it, it doesn't change anything. Like, I just feel so sick to my stomach. Like, to get even worse, to turn everybody against us finally. I just, I, it's such a, an exercise in hypocrisy that I'm, I'm just out of my damn mind. You think he owns a private jet? <laughs> I don't know, but I just, I, I mean, it's a, I that's a lazy a, argument, and I hate when people bring it up. But I like, bet you he owns a private submarine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't even hate James Cameron. I don't, and I wish, like, I, wish, I don't know like, if I his, do because he doesn't do anything but this anymore. His Weta workshop, and and, 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 and or he's spearheading that whole group of uh fx creators like i want them behind a lot of different things i thought it was incredible i just don't want him writing another script for the rest of his career because every important relationship (laughs) i don't hate him i just don't want him to do what he. i don't want him to tell us i don't want him to be in charge of the story because it's just melodramatic and simple it's painfully on the nose and shallow and these characters should if you have three hours and 12 minutes to tell a story you should have vivid characters that are fully rounded and flushed out you shouldn't have simple (laughs) one to two a to b jumping points where it's just it's so obvious what's going to happen and the actors who are portraying those characters shouldn't seem as uninterested and bored with the script as i am watching it well there's two the two of the kids are so there's a main there's a main character who i mean it's some of the worst act i don't i'm not gonna you know but he he, that was some of the worst acting i've seen in especially a major studio movie in the past decade yeah i mean you you add in all the deus ex machina coincidences which i've come to expect from now and that's and i was actually i i would perk up if something happened unexpected, like a day excess machina in the first, uh, you know, first 30 minutes of act two, I was like, oh, okay, wow, that's something new. 
and it totally unfounded in anything, but fine. I'm in I'm in for that. And then of course they just over explain the rest of it. It's just give me a break. Well, he has these lavish set pieces that go like forty five you know, anywhere between twenty five and forty five minutes, and there's a couple of them. And yeah, they're like side quests. They do absolutely nothing in the plot. And yeah, they look very pretty. And like I I completely understand. I understand why you're getting mad at me too, because you have a tendency if I if I push back at something you're going against, it, yeah, you don't like when I get mad at the wrong things, quote unquote. So it makes I, a lot of sense. I just I I just want you to bring a string of like, uh, I, I just want you to have a shit list. The, the, I mean, we don't have to comp- compare the My, same no. shit list, but I want you to also have a shit list. I, I do. Have a shit I, list. I do. Mine has nothing to do with James Cameron. And that's what I was trying to tell you at the start of this. Like when I was reflecting last night, why I am so angry. Like, yeah, I have a lot of the same gripes about this movie in terms of its actual being made about James Cameron as you do. But I, I'm. I don't begrudge him for making this movie because he's, you know, gotten to the status much like Spielberg with the Failments. They they can make anything. My again, my anger comes from people treating this like it's gonna like it's Dune, you know, from last year at the film festivals where it laid its hands upon a leper and who was cured and can so walk. You're, you're angry at the critics. Absolutely, a thousand. That is where all my where that is where all my anger resides because there is no but way I, I can just, actually believe out of the movies that were given to us this year that this is one of the universally one of the 10 best and is a no doubt best picture uh, nominee that I have to waste my fucking time sitting through it and being bored by it. I would appreciate if you were angrier with the filmmaker filmmakers and not just with the critics that's what i that's right i am I, I i and i get that and i and i am but i at the same time like if james cameron made this and this was treated the way that you and i like anyone with eyes can see it should be treated we wouldn't have to watch i mean you still would because you watch everything but we wouldn't be beholden to having to review this and then getting mad at ourselves that we're being so down on this movie that everyone else loves on our oscars podcast that's where my frustration comes in Like, we shouldn't have to talk about this movie right now. This should be a five-minute blurb. Hey, by the way, I watched this, and yet it looked pretty. We we have to talk about this movie, and that's that's the unfortunate thing. I I don't disagree with that. But to me, like, the aesthetics of of watching this film are very different than the catharsis achieved. And everybody's talking about the emotional arcs. Of this uh, movie. That misses me completely. I, I, I was not. Um, I mean, there are not to spoil anything, but there are like there's big death moments, there's big life moments, there's big family moments, there's these what are supposed to be these huge emotionally investing moments. I couldn't give a shit about well, any I of just, them. I, I'm watching the first hour of the movie. I know exactly how the last two hours are going to end. Right. I just know exactly, and that's why I, I like. I'm up, and then I was I was even more annoyed that it played out exactly that way. And that that was the that was the kicker for me. And I, and usually I'm not like that. Usually I kind of blank my mind. I can I can blank my mind. Like Knives Out, I didn't even care. I didn't even care what was going to happen because I. Said, why do you think that is? But you know why? Because I said Ryan Johnson, just give me a fun time, and he did. Because I I happen to like Ryan Johnson. So you you harbor more resentment against Avatar because you just weren't having fun in the theater. I, on top I, of being having to watch this stuff that was annoying you. I, I got aggravated at how I I just knew what was gonna happen and I want to be I want to be twisted and turned. I just want to be that way, especially with a, a movie this long. Did I, the first one have twists and turns narratively? Yes, the first one was wild because I didn't think. See, I wasn't expecting that from this type of movie. Anyway, I mean, look, I, it's it wasn't like a tw- it wasn't a total twister, but I mean, Jesus, I mean, we had. You had setups and pay. I mean, you figured you're going to have Chekhov's, you know, uh, whatchamacallit. Humans. 
Yeah, but what, what did Riz Ridley drive on that uh, that Walker thing that we saw a little bit in this one? The robotic, whatever's yeah. You had Chekhov's that. You had all yeah. like the weaponry, the dragons. You know you're gonna do that, but I mean it really was something to behold in midair, and it was it gave me vertigo, and it was intense, and I'm sitting there grinding. I just rewatched it the other day, and it was it was still, you know, it had its charms, and it had its story charms which was better it's story goods delivered like this one this one felt like a an audio book that i started listening to and i got too far into it that i would i refused to quit well that's i, just I mean and that's another big frustration of mine is that like i couldn't i wanted to walk out numerous times but again because of this podcast because we have to talk about this freaking movie like <laughs> i felt like i had to stay and it's like I was by by like the two hour mark. I'm like, I might as well just stay till the end and stop fantasizing about walking out. What's going on in the outside world? Yeah. It, I, I honest to God felt like a caged tiger, like walking back and forth and just snarling at the screen. There was there was like a 15 minute. I, I got up and I had to walk around and go out to the theater and pee. And I was watching it from standing up in the hallway of the entrance of the theater because I knew if I sat back down, I was just going to fucking fall asleep again. Yeah, you you had a more visceral reaction. <laughs> I I hate this. I hate this movie. I hated this viewing experience. I resent heavily the idea that we, we're at this point now where the Fablemans is a no doubt best picture nominee, and Avatar Two was a no doubt best picture. No- Top Gun Two didn't get the treatment that Avatar Two is getting. It didn't. We had to all go see Top Gun and be like, "Wow, this is really freaking good." This could possibly be a best picture contender and now we're in december and it's like hey good for top gun it was one of the best movies of the year avatar 2 is like the complete inverse and uh, despite being a blockbuster despite it being a freaking sequel yeah. it's like oh well james cameron making avatar 2 that's gonna be a best picture nominee that's gonna be a best picture contender why because he's in it because he's making kevin nash sized blue people Kevin Nash was the name was the poll. <laughs> Kevin Nash was the poll. Well, they're You're long right. and slender. I couldn't go with Andre the Giant. They know? were Kevin Nash sized blue people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I just. Uh, I'm frustrated with the whole enterprise as well. I, I wonder if. I wonder if we got the red carpet treatment. If we'd like it differently, like if. if I have a, a buddy of mine was at the red carpet premiere and he said he liked this, which which surprised me. I really do value his opinion with this, and he said he enjoyed the the viewing experience. And I, I can't help but wonder if that's the pull. I mean, if you're seeing this in the theater, for surrounded free. by yeah, for free, surrounded by people who made the movie. I know Cameron wasn't there because he had his issues with COVID and all that and whatever. But like you're with the people who were starred in the movie and who had a lot to do with the movie. Like I, I do, I cannot help but wonder if that magic is put, pulled over people's eyes. Whereas after a long day, each of us were going to this. It's supposed to be like, our escape, and we're we're, we're basically yeah. shackled to the seat because we have to talk about this <laughs> and finish watching it. Yeah. After spending our money on it, <laughs> like it's this is going to have a half a billion dollar box office, and I'm I'm sick over that. Yeah. Empire of Light had made twelve hundred dollars per theater in its opening weekend. And I only played like a hundred screens or whatever. This is gonna do a half a billion dollars for what? For what? What was the emotional draw of this movie? The only other thing I could guess, and it's not I'm not going on a limb here, is you and I do not have children. I mean, maybe there's more of a primal It's PG thirteen and there's still tail sex. There's what? There's, There's yeah. still tail sex. 
there's a lot of tail sex. Even though it's treated as like a computer download in this There's movie, not a the nipple in this entire three hours and 12 minutes. <laughs> oh, by the way, no fat people. <laughs> we don't have a single overweight person. Everybody of these fucking Navi is just chiseled from granite. They're just the most in shape. They've been doing crunches since they left the womb or the egg or however these godforsaken things are born. <laughs> Right, I, I I have the same level of jealousy that you have there. Um, Eating buttered popcorn and just scoffing at all of them. <laughs> uh, I overrate so unrealistic. Because you're texting me, you're texting me, and I'm getting my dinner before I go see the movie. You're texting me, and I was like, uh, I'm right before the drive-thru. <laughs> I'm right before the drive-thru, then I'm over-ordering. And then the next thing I know, you're still texting me, and I'm overeating. And then I get there, I'm like, oh, this is going to be awful. And I buy a candy and a soda. And then, yeah. like, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I just you, 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 de- this is, that's your fault. I'm going to blame you. makes me feel terrible about myself watching this. <laughs> I just feel Eating sick. milk duds. I feel sick to my stomach watching this movie. It should have been my <laughs> review. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how we get past this. This is like we should have done the film study and just shit on it because we we have a fun episode today. We had (laughs) and we just pooped on the whole parade. Can you imagine having to talk about this for an hour? Well, I th- I think we could break it down better. I mean, you'd have to see it again. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to like do you know the film study aspect of it. You'd have to watch the original. Uh, Why? I, I don't understand. Like. I get you being upset with me, but in general, you would have a problem with people who just want to see this to see if it's an Oscars movie, which was, je- but, I mean, sincerely, uh, my problem that was my mindset. Is that you reference things from the first movie, but you've never seen the first movie, so you don't understand the context. You what did watch, I reference? You've been referencing stuff from the first movie forever, and you've been criticizing the first movie forever. Oh, like, I, I, don't, I say you've jokingly never seen about the first tail movie. sex and how it's Fern Gully. I haven't seen it. The reason I didn't see the first movie was, was crystallized with this movie. I, I was scared. I did not want to see... The last thing I wanted to do was see this movie. I said, this is not going to be an Oscars contender. There's no reason I should have to waste my time seeing this. It's going to be a three-hour PSA. This was everything my expectation said it was going to be. Yeah. Why would I want to see the first movie now after this? The first movie is a better version of this movie. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's a D plus. For us, for us land lovers, it's a better film. Um and it's more about the Air Force than the Navy. <laughs> yeah. James Gandolfini's in it instead of Edie Falco. I get it. Uh, who? No. He wasn't in it. I know. Oh. Again, you're just... But then again, the fact that I didn't immediately know whether he was or not, even though he was long dead at that point, <laughs> the problem, right? And I just rewatched the movie. It's a huge movie to kind of just have, for us to have issues with it. And that's... It is unfortunate because we're stuck with this movie now. Um, let's talk about some movies that we think are perhaps more deserving. And when we talk about the films that got blanked at the Critics' Choice to circle back around, A Man Called Otto, we haven't seen it, but we think it's more deserving. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I stand by that. Take. Emancipation, uh, I, I, I reviewed that a couple of weeks ago. 13 Lives, we both watched that. No mm-hmm. awards love for 13 Lives thus far. Devotion, Devotion was was really good. Bones and all, I was a fan of The Inspection, Causeway, and Nope, the other three kind of big-name films that just got totally blanked at Critics' Choice. This is, I mean, this is part of my other thing. I've, I've been slacking my movie-watching all year. I'm going to finish with probably barely triple digits of movie scene. There's no way this is in the top ten, even with me seeing that few. 
if you do this for a living for day to day, it's impossible to me that you felt enough of an emotional pull or you're that wowed by the VFX that still look not great in some scenes to me. Yeah. Like that that's enough for you to put it in your top 10. I just don't buy it. I'm nearly at my uh my kind of my top of what I usually do in terms of watching movies for the year, which yeah. is good because I'm like a couple months ahead of schedule because I watched a lot of movies early this year. Mm-hmm. And I usually do 300, and I'm almost there. Right. If 300 new. If uh, this movie is going to have to be ranked for him, for me, it's in my bottom 100. I mean, it really, I was, sh- I'm shocked to say that. And it's, and it's because, like, look, we're story junkies more than anything. If we, we have to say this. Aesthetically, it's, it's much stronger. Production values, it's much stronger. Are you, at the end of the day, are you going to scream if it gets a production design nomination? No, but that's what the, that's the type of, that's the Oscar contention it should be. This should be treated like, you know, any Star Wars movie has been recently. Or any, like any, this is a Marvel movie. Which is why I was also surprised when James Gunn came out and was like, oh, our VFX, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but our VFX puts Marvel to shame. I'm like, no, it really doesn't. But if you want to compete for VFX, I get it. But that's the extent of its Oscars candidacy yeah. for me. All right, we're kicking the dead horse. I started to transition, and I didn't finish it. Horse can't be dead enough for me. <laughs> the horses in this movie were kind this, of cool. This they horse. They were seahorses, but they are on land, you see. Uh, I feel like Michael. a tribeman. Like, we need to use every part of the horse. Make sure it's dead. <laughs> the critics' choice to Oscars Best Picture nomination crossover. And for some reason, I did 13 years because I added to old stats. By the way, I have a whole document that I won't let you touch. Uh, I'm not even sharing it with you about all the stats that I keep. And I yes, just keep I updating every, every year. Did I did I share it with you? you just I don't, don't think it. so. I've never seen I it. I don't want to give it to you because you're going to just add. You're angry with me and I'm angry with you. And this the 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 the, uh, the resentment going both ways right now is bubbling at the surface. Well, it's 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 to the point where I'm sticking my uh, uh, flag in the ground about my Google documenting because we didn't hate the movie the same way. <laughs> Right, I get this. So this is the pettiness. This is the pettiness that we're we're turning into. Right. Nonsense. Can I get to the stat? What will I ever Go get ahead. to the stat? I'm a jerk. Uh, Thirteen years, one hundred four out of the last one hundred sixteen Best Picture Oscar noms were first nominated at Critics' Choice. So that's a pretty good crossover of eighty nine point seven percent. Michael, what was the uh, the Best Picture field? How big was it this year for Critics' Choice? Eleven. So okay, only so they do, an extra. They do go over, but it is only by one. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Right. Otherwise, the winner crossover is 7 of the last 12, 13 of the last 21. But, excuse me, fifteen. it's only 57% overall because they had some wonky years at their start. There are, and again, if you go just looking at winners or you go just looking at, I, I think you get more information from the Critics' Choice in terms of Oscars crossover with uh, potential winners of categories than you do necessarily potential nominees and what might fall out and what might make it or what gets ranked over which, which was kind of uh, the point I was trying to make before I was stumbling over my words earlier in this episode because I couldn't wait like a dog looking at a bone to get to Avatar mm-hmm. 2. All right. Well, we'll somehow put it behind us as we go into Best Actress and uh, the Critics' Choice nominations are Kate Blanchett uh, of Tar, Viola Davis of The Woman King, Danielle Deadweiler gets in here at Choice from Till, Margot Robbie from Babylon, Michelle Williams of The Fablements, and Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere. Six nominees this year. We were wondering if it would be seven or six. Basically, we have Coleman, the Armas, Taylor Joy, 
Emma Thompson and Leslie Manville as the misses from the Golden Globes. Yeah, a lot of comedy musical nominees from the Globes there. That shouldn't be a, that much of a surprise to anybody, especially it's the way we've been talking about the potential Oscar nods from the lead actress category going forward. Yeah, it does seem we have uh, drama heavy this year, uh, like like many years, like you're saying. Uh, I, I was rooting for Jennifer Lawrence, Rooney Mara, you know, Zoe Kazan to maybe have a shot. If, if we went much more drama heavy, but I think the fact that Margot Robbie came on so strong late, uh, I think that that's, that hurts the other chances for, I mean, we had a big top 10. We knew that, right? Yeah. We had Coleman. We had a big top, top 10 of big names of, of, of great performances, top 12, maybe uh, that I, that I could see nominated in any year. It's just been that strong of a year in lead actress. So I still think there's a hard cut to make. If this six is going to five, or if if somebody else comes from from an outside lane, well, who's in right now? I mean, I I would say Blanchett, Yo, and probably Williams are secure, right? As far as Oscar noms go for the five, yeah, I, I would agree with those three as locks. And and otherwise, you know, you could tell me any combination. Uh, yeah. And and look, I mean, we've seen this happen before, where I think the Academy might assume somebody is in. Like uh, Michelle Williams, and yeah, then that's true. They yeah. back away. I mean, I think we saw that with, with Lady Gaga in the past. Mm-hmm. Would Good that sh- absolutely shock you if that happened at SAG, for instance? We we everybody assumed Kristen Stewart, right? Uh, and then next thing you know, she has a big miss last year, and everybody's like, "Is she even going to get nominated for Oscar after she was the front runner for so long?" So, yeah, th- th- you know, if is the performance keeps tumbling, will Michelle Williams find herself on the outside? Could we see? Viola Davis, Deadweiler, and Margot Robbie in three alongside Lanchette and Yo. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me. I would be shocked if Yo, that she's the only name that I would be shocked would not get nominated. I think Blanchette is probably next safe. Next safe is. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that power ranking. Yep, that makes sense to me. Yo, I would be shocked in terms of nominations. Uh, Let's talk about the nomination crossover. I did 12 years from here on out. 55 of the last 60. Uh, from Oscar lead actress to Critics' Choice lead actress. Obviously, there's more noms at Critics' mm-hmm. Choice, like we're saying, but that is a sh- very strong crossover. You get a nomination. You get a nomination. <laughs> Everybody not, gets a nomination. It's not, it's not that many. It's like an extra one or two. And I like that. I think they... Yeah, but I that think, matters, right? Because like every year, we have a list of like seven, six or seven possible Oscar noms. Right? I would like it if it went from 10 to 8 to 6. To sure. To three sure. to five. I mean, do something cool like that. Have the season play out like that. It's been one of my peccadillos, uh, that, and I've been preaching this for a while. That would be fun. The way they started doing things here, it, it, it is fun in my mind to go from wider to, to deeper in a way. Avatar 2 wasn't fun. <laughs> Mike, best actor. Let's move on. Austin Butler, Elvis, uh, Tom Cruise, Top Gun Maverick, Colin Farrell, Banshees of Inna Sharon, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, Paul Mescal, After Sun, Bill Nye of Living. We had uh, Jeremy Pope, Daniel Craig, Ray Fiennes, Diego Calva, Adam Driver, and Hugh Jackman as the Golden Globe noms that did not make the big six for critics choice and this is i mean kind of a picture perfect example of okay these in some order are probably six of the top seven possible oscar noms right so you're gonna have five of those calvin probably yeah you think pope that would be my guess calvin pope if you if you told me it was driver craig i could understand it i would be really surprised if hugh jackman is that guy at the end of the day i would too Sounds like there's a lot of negativity towards that performance. This does somewhat 
end the dreams of Adam Sandler, uh, Will Smith. Gabriel Abel is still showing up in it. playing the I Will Remember You theme song that we have all the Sandler's <laughs> highlights from Hustle playing over it. Right. I mean, I think uh, yeah, I, probably. I think that was a fun it was a fun part of the early portion of this award season. But unfortunately, this could it, start Cruz's momentum towards claiming that if I if Tom Cruise actually makes the Oscars five or even the SAG five for that matter, I would start thinking very seriously about Top Gun Maverick having a chance at Best Picture. Like I would start thinking that's a top three movie according to the Academy. When this season started, I always thought. And it's before I recognized his globe issues with the HFPA. Mm-hmm. But I always thought Cruz as a globe and choice nom was going to happen. And then it was going to be all up in the air. Did he have enough momentum with the guild right. or not? And I, I could have seen SAG not picking him. And I, I would I would be surprised if SAG Yeah, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying. I'm saying it would be an incredible show of strength for the way I think Top Gun Maverick would be taken in the best picture category so, if SAG does take Cruise, right? So basically like, arguing over the same whether, thing. It's the same thing again. <laughs> right. We come to the same conclusion. Yeah. Right. Good. Glad <laughs> At we At least got we've there. never done that before. This is a You seen Avatar too? <laughs> Fifty out of the last sixty <laughs> Oscar lead actors have gotten nominated here at the Critics' Choice Awards. That's 83%, Michael. I hated that movie. Supporting actress. <laughs> Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Jesse Buckley, Women Talking, Carrie Condon, the Banshees, Jamie Lee Curtis, E.A.W.A., Stephanie Sue, same movie. Janelle Monet gets in here. So uh, Stephanie Sue, Janelle Monet, really excited about those two. Jesse Buckley and Women Talking finally getting a performance nominee. And we had Dolly De, De Leon uh, and Carrie Mulligan lose out from the Golden Globes. Yeah, I'm heartbroken over Mulligan. Hope that bounces back with SAG and we'll see. Uh, I think it was the Hollywood Critics Association, too, who had Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue both nominated in their supporting actors category as well. I, I As somebody who wants Jamie Lee Curtis to win this category... Yeah, Stephanie Sue absolutely deserves to be nominated. Uh, just selfishly, I'm terrified that that's going to split the vote. I I wonder. I do. I I wonder if Jamie Lee Curtis's candidacy is just strong enough at this point. If she shows up ev- at literally everywhere, mm-hmm. she might get strong enough. But uh, which you could say about Kate, Katrina Balfe last year, and then but she was the younger of the two, right? So it was the opposite, right? The legacy pick was not the stronger of the candidacies. Anyway, we have Nina Haas, probably really needed it from the critics here. Uh, Kiki Palmer, maybe That's, she can get... Yeah, I mean, where is she? Where has she been? Come on, guys. I just wonder if the nope, nope is getting forgotten. Uh, yeah. Claire Foy, Hong Chow. You think too many people are seeing Avatar? Is that why? <laughs> as much as we can blame that movie This is going to be... This is, this is my shtick this for the is the one. This, this, is, this is what's going to happen. I got to guess. I got to get on board somehow. Um, I think. Uh, I think uh, this category being as close between the two award shows, I'm a little surprised by that. I was I was expecting a bigger swap. I was like I was expecting maybe two to cross over instead of three. A uh, one to cross over instead of three. Three out of six crossing over. It's a uh, more than I thought from Globe to Choice. Is Angela Bassett just going to be, you know, she's going to be nominated everywhere and just never get one win in this category this year? And then just win it at the end? <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to it. 
There was a blockbuster we liked. We did like Wakanda Forever. If you had to rank it in terms of the height of one Navi, where would you? Six foot six, seven foot, seven foot eight. <laughs> Big, bigger or smaller than Bigfoot? That's what I have to question. Stupid movie. All right. Um, the the supporting actress nomination crossover is, again, 50 out of 60, 83.3%. 11 out of 12 winners. So Critics' Choice, and I think this is where Ann Thompson was getting at it. I mean, very predictive in terms of the winners. They, they typically land on what right. uh, the Academy will land on. So that's why it's a bummer. Like, we, we usually, if you have a chance to win, you kind of got to get nominated at the Globes of the Choice, no? I mean, it's that's obvious. Yeah, I mean, with crossover, did, the stats kind of bear that out. Did sure. I just say the most obvious thing ever? I did. All right, supporting actor, no shit Sherlock, is what every <laughs> single person in their car just said, and then they changed the channel. All right, so I can say whatever I want now. Supporting oh, they actor. they changed the channel long ago on this one. <laughs> Paul Dano, The Fablemans, Brendan Gleeson, Banshees, Judd Hirsch, here he is. Fablemans, Barry, K- 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 Barry from the Banshees, Kihui uh, Kwan, Everything Everywhere, and Brian Tyree Henry. It's cool to see him here at Critics' Choice. You know, this could be an interesting category if Kihui Kwan wasn't in it. <laughs> you know? I mean, it would be, away. yeah, it'd be a legitimate conversation as to which of these would win. Can the Banshees, too, make it to Oscar Sunday? And if they do, will they cannibalize the vote between themselves? Which one of the Fablemans has more likely chance of being there on Oscar Sunday? Maybe they both go in as well. Well, Brian Tyree Henry, he's been in and out, so will he finally make it? But it, I, none of it matters because Kiwi Kwan's going to win everything. He's going to win everything. Yeah, he's probably going to win everything. I think him and Avatar for VFX are becoming strong favorites. Brad Pitt. Missed out from Babylon. Eddie Redmayne missed out from the Good Nurse in terms of Golden Globes tr- crossovers. Another name that I I've seen a lot of love for J- David Long amongst them. Ben Wishaw of Women Talking has not shown up yet. I figured. Can you imagine if Women Talking actually gets blanked at the Oscars for performances except for the man? <laughs> yeah, it would be bad. <laughs> That'd be something. That'd be a bad look. <laughs> They, I wouldn't put it past them, though. They're, Do you think there's that like that's going through voters' minds yes, at some point? Yes, yes. They, of course, it is. There's they don't want that to happen, right. and they they get confused with who to back from. And a from movie she that they said, liked. Andre Brower, <laughs> <laughs> who was terrific. He was delightful. Who, yeah, who was great. But I'd be terrified to vote for him. <laughs> it's a real concern. It has to be. It has to be a real concern. Uh, Look, I mean, Armageddon time doesn't really show up at this award show. Again, Woody Harrelson, Triangle of Sadness, did he have to stand a chance? I mean, look, if if anything, we've seen kind of international movies crash the party late, so you never know. Michael Ward hasn't been anywhere from Empire of Light, like you said, Andre I haven't seen the movie, but I I was expecting him to pop up somewhere by now. Yeah, I'm going to see it this weekend myself. Yeah. I haven't seen it either. I'll never uh, go into a theater again, but I'm glad you I'm got to stop. We do a movie podcast. You say no, these we horrible did. things. We did. We now did. I do a criticizing the critics podcast. I'll be back. In the, is, I'm just let me have my hyperbole. This is the groan of a man who agrees with you. <laughs> what is the groan? Of a person who doesn't. (laughs) The nomination crossover statistic that I counted over the last two years, 48 out of the last 60, 
<laughs> 48 out of the last 60 in supporting actor. 10 out of the last 12 winners. Uh, we have director to get into now. Michael and God help us all, James Cameron. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Why? <laughs> Give me a reason why. Golden Globes if, and if, Critics' Choice. If 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 I can't even think, who did Dune for the love of God? I cannot even Vin, think. Villeneuve, right but now. look at Villeneuve. But if he didn't get in after yeah. being the maestro of all those different technical things for Dune last year, yeah. why are we just giving it to Cameron? He may not get in, James Cameron. We'll see. But he's got the two big ones right now, the two big precursors. He's got two big precursors. Damien Chazelle, only one big precursor precursor for Babylon. Todd Field, only one big precursor here for Tar at Critics. And Choice. one hat. Baz Lerman, both. Uh, Daniel uh, Kwan and Daniel Shiner. Uh, the Daniels got both. Martin McDonough. Have two hats. For, for, yeah, keep going. Both from the Banshees there. Uh, Sarah Polly and Gina Prince-Bythewood only getting uh, Critics' Choice, but it's, it's good, it is it's good to see them here, thank God. Uh, S.S. Rajamuli of RRR and Steven Spielberg of the Fablemans. Obviously, Spielberg's at Globes and Choice. Rajamuli has won some important critical awards. And I do think, I do think that like for Globes to come through for RRR was not surprising. For Choice to come through as big for RRR was much more surprising because that is certainly an outside lane. Really? Because I, I would argue that I've seen critics propping up RRR all year more I than any other. Look, they've liked it. You're right. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. They've liked it. But I typically. A movie where the campaign trail is just robust, but it's not. It doesn't have like the Oscars path. I, I, mm-hmm. I would. I don't know. I, I'm just. I'm glad it's happening. I'm glad that RRR has five nominations at the Critics' Choice. I mean, that, that's really cool. And it, it, you almost have to expect it to be, be an Oscar-nominated film now. You have to, like, at least in song, right? You have the, to. The committee that picks the official selection for India, they all have to be fired. Like, it's gone to the point where they're kicking themselves to, like, I, I want action now. This is an offense. They should have went with RRR. I would agree with you, Michael. Uh, in terms of a committee that I did agree with, decision to leave uh, from South Korea was Surprised. chosen. But it hasn't shown up anywhere. And Surprised. Especially in an expanded field of 10 like this, yeah. Park Chan-wook getting bounces is, is a bummer. Joseph Kaczynski, like you said. Uh, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, not necessarily a huge surprise. Ruben Oshland. Uh, for sure. Uh, but, you know, going down the card, Chinonye Chukwu. Uh, we have Lucas Dant still may factor in. Uh, Bardo's in Aritu, you never know. Uh, Maria Schrader of She Said. Charlotte Wells of After Sun. Those are names I kind of hope factor in at some point. Do you but- think after making Bardo and after getting the complaints about how it's too long and overblown and overwritten, Inurito sits and watch Avatars 2 and is just, like, boiling with rage? I just... Can you watch Bardo now? Because I'm, I'm <laughs> absolutely not. I'll tell you what, not for the next few days. <laughs> yeah, but you almost have to watch Bardo now. It's, it's, I'm just curious. I mean, really, I'm, I'm curious. You watch Bardo and say is because people hated that. All the like, if That's, you're true, yeah, I don't if, look it. If it's truly Mike one versus critics, <laughs> you should watch Bardo because they all hated. And critics. I should just embrace it. <laughs> This movie is the great. I was able to smell colors after seeing this movie. Could have been the stroke. 
David David Long was like, I'd rather get slapped in the face with a salmon. <laughs> That's, that's the type of film criticism <laughs> I respect. <laughs> Be uh, honest, man. Uh, we we have eight out of the last twelve director winning winners at Oscar winning first a choice. So there's been a lot of runaways. Forty five out of the last sixty nominations happening here at choice. So that's seventy five percent on a crossover. Michael, we can move on to the screenplay. Didn't this category used to be five at, at Critics Choice? Isn't they, ten new or they can I go beyond? Completely? I think. It, I think. Oh, which again, I'm. I'm actually. I'm proven right because for two months I've been saying directors super wide open. Yep, I have been saying that. Yes, you have. And and, and especially in terms of nominations, and I was not expecting this ten to get the crystallized vote to the point where they all passed the threshold because I believe there's a vote threshold to get in. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, right. I mean, there has to be a vote. I, I don't know. Again, we probably should join these organizations, even though they oh, won't yeah. let us I'm, they won't even let, what, they The Critics' Choice Organization is waiting with open arms after this episode. Yeah, they, they won't. They don't care what numbers we do. They don't care. <laughs> All right, original screenplay, Todd Feel of Tar, The Daniels, Everything Everywhere, um, Martin McDonough of Banshees, Spielberg and Kushner from The Fablemans. Those four out of five are in the single best screenplay category at Golden Globes, even though this is original, where we have Charlotte Wells getting that you know newcomer path. She's she's a bona fide original screenplay nom here at the Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, to get into adapted screenplay real quick, Samuel D. Hunter of The Whale, Kazuo Ishiguro of Living, Ryan Johnson of Glass Onion, Rebecca Lenkowitz of She Said, and Sarah Polly of Women Talking, the lone crossover on the adapted side from the Golden Globes. Adapted uh, could be a mess. Adapted adapted's not as locked in as it usually is. I mean, I if Women say. Talking is truly being, is weaker, at least as weak as these first two major precursors have suggested it might be, mm-hmm. then I, there could be a, because I thought, I mean, what's been the second place slam dunk movie for adapted screenplay because uh, women right. talking was supposed to win in a runaway wasn't it yeah I, i've been on that train for a while i would say i saw i didn't samuel d hunter win something for for the whale anyway i think uh but i think that that's a wide being, open category that movie's not being accepted you know being praised right now either there's a lot of people being pulled back on that too it could be this category could be rough it, it, it could be we, i mean white noise Going into the year, had a lot of people predicting mm-hmm. it. I would say the Wonder, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I'm a little surprised that's not more Me too. in front. All Quiet on the Western Front is pro- perhaps the most notable. Uh, okay. Notable, notable omission here. I would have expected it here. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. But then again, no, I, I wouldn't have. I would not have expected All Quiet on the Western Front here. Typically, it doesn't happen. These international films perform all that well at. Uh, at Critics' Choice. I mean, I just, again, my brain stops working sometimes. We, we we typically see the crashing of the party from the international film side happen much later, certainly happen at the uh, past the Writers Guild and at the at the Oscars themselves. So would it shock me if All Quiet on the Western Front is a late ad? No, it would not. Dear God, is Avatar 2 considered an adapted screenplay from Avatar 1? It's a 1? sequel, yeah. They're all sequels. Oh, are, my so. God. I, I just had a cold shiver. <laughs> Well, look at if that movie's my spine. <laughs> if that movie's got coattails, it's a wide open category, Mike. And we've seen it yourself. has long tails. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, uh, the fish people have longer tails, you see. Uh, Triangle of Sadness, Woman King, Armageddon Their Time. Their forearms nope. are bigger because they swim, Mike. Do you, do that, did Till, you understand? Decision to Leave. Cha-cha real smooth. I'm just going to list movies that just are Just hear a single gunshot from my side of the microphone. R, oh, God. R, R, R. Why? We just went to full negative town. This is just like sideways where we're screaming at each other outside the restaurant. Dude, you're going to drink Merlot. We're not drinking any fucking Merlot. If they want to drink Merlot, we're going to drink Merlot. Uh, neither one of us are as good looking as Thomas Jane, though. <laughs> not Thomas Jane. It's uh... Oh, God. Who is it? It's not Thomas Jane. Paul Giamatti, Thomas Hayden Church. Hayden, yes. You're also Thomas correct, though. We're yes. not as good looking as Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> us and Giamatti is a toss-up, I would say. <laughs> Animated feature. Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell, Puss in Boots, Turning Red, Wendell and Wild. Uh, we have the first four there with Golden Globes noms. Uh, missing from the Golden Globes five, we had Inuo. Um, forgive me on the pronunciation. It's an anime that uh, a lot of people love. Uh, Strange World, Apollo 10 and a half probably needed to hit this if it was going to get in. Uh, the Bob's Burgers movie, Bad Guys, Eternal Spring, some other movie, Luck, My Father's Dragon, and The Sea Beast. Did you see the uh, TikTok where the guy was like, and for the uh, best adapted screenplay, uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru. <laughs> no. Clayton Davis posted, he's like, I quit. This guy's taking my job. <laughs> I didn't see that. And but for, I respect he's it. like, I just want to give my Oscar pr- predictions for the tw- 95th <laughs> Academy Awards and for best director, Minions, Rise of Gru. <laughs> and he does it in that perfect monotone. And he's like, and then best picture. The Banshees of Inisherin. Thank you. <laughs> Good night. And it was the greatest Oscars ever. <laughs> 50 million people tuned in. <laughs> Cinematography. Do we have anything to say about animated feature? It's still the three-person team ra- three person we, race. We, we have to end this episode. <laughs> All right. Cinematography. We're almost there. Because Look, if we don't get this stuff done now, we're in trouble. Because we're going to have like a whole new set of categories that we're not t- right. discussing today. Uh, look, at cinematography coming in for the first time. Avatar The Way of Water. Russell Carpenter. Here he is. Roger Fine. Deakins. Oh, so you're okay with cinematography? I'm okay with, like, if you want to have this compete in two or three texts, that's fine. I don't okay. get it, but it's fine. Florian Hoffmeister from Tar. That, so I really like that. Avatar, Empire of Light, Tar. The Fablemans, Janusz Kaminski. Claudio Miranda of Top Gun, which is one, two, three, four, five, six wins already this ward season. And Linus Sandgren of Babylon. Did you think Top Gun was going to run away with cinematography? No, but that's again, that's a show of strength. I mean, Top Gun's got to win what sound? You tra- you were early on this train, and I was skeptical, and I credit to you. But it's got to win sound cinematography now, and maybe one other tech. Well, editing was what I was saying for the longest time. I wasn't sure if they're going to give the credit for for to editing or cinematography. As I okay. drop a spoon. So you think you think the fact that it's doing so well in cinematography is going to keep it from editing? I wonder if that's. Yeah, I wonder if I'm just not as perceptive. As I've been telling watching. people. I mean, the the path to Top Gun making winning Best Picture is very easy and very clear. If it sweeps the tech guilds and then sweeps the tech categories at the Oscars, and Tom Cruise is nominated, or like Kaczynski is nominated at the DGAs, and then shows up at the Oscars, call your bookie. I just again, 
I said this to you two months ago. I listen. I'm and a now week you're into parodying. Now. I'm a it. week into now. You yelling at you to go place a bet. So I don't. If, if, if this wins and you don't profit off it, this is your fault now. It was twenty five to one. Now it's twelve to one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should have done it a while ago. Mm-hmm. I, I have the money. I'm flush, baby. <laughs> Just can't can't do we, it here in Connecticut. Ah. <laughs> uh, after Sun misses a decision to leave. Everything Everywhere All at Once misses in cinematography, uh, even though they've won critical awards. Otherwise, Banshees, maybe uh, Nope, Hoyt Van Hoytema. I've seen him show up quite a bit as a runner-up. The Woman King, Bardo, Batman, Women Talking. I mean, we got some former winners, Devotion, Eric Messerschmidt. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a category where I'm good with it now because of the winner <laughs> this seems to be the, the movie I like the most. And yet nope. uh, I'm worried about the nominees. I am. Nope deserves to show up here and it deserves to show up in VFX. I stand yeah. by that. Production design. Black Panther. Wakanda Forever. That should be nominated. Yep. The, the Fablemans, I don't understand that. Like it's it's a 1950s, 60s. All right, good. Uh, Avatar The Way of Water. Avatar: The Way of Water. It was a, it's a fine water park that will be frequented. But is it often. real? How is it production design? Is any of it real? They did it in the computer. They built oh, the okay. miniatures. We've seen animated films. <laughs> then why isn't right? Pinocchio here? Pinocchio because they built here. that for real. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. Elvis, Babylon, are the rest of the nominees. Kind of miss missing from here. The Woman King we thought might have a chance. Glass Onion, probably most notable miss for me. RRR as well. The sets in that movie, my God. All Quiet on the Western Front, all of the uh, the trenches. Downton Abbey, is, are they cheating? They're going to the real <laughs> villas. It's, uh, Clayton Davis mentioned Downton Abbey, 20th. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he did it, not me. I, I have nothing to do with it. I don't feel either way. <laughs> Editing, Michael. <laughs> Babylon, Top Gun, Avatar, Everything, Everywhere, Elvis, Tar, for editing. So, all right. These, this is typically a best picture precursor. Nomination precursor, yeah. Nomination precursor. However, we've seen muscular action films, sci-fi, mm-hmm. sports movies. We've seen the, the, the big edit, you know, the, the, the really sharp edits be in here more often i mean the girl with the dragon tattoo for instance not mm-hmm. a best picture winner necessarily so it's not just the king's speeches that are in this category just because it's a smooth edit the fablemans is not here missing we have that as something we would consider if it has coattails it'll show up later but it does miss here we have like after sun winning a bunch of critic awards decision to leave winning some which i think could play at the academy like mm. i just feel like there are more avenues to crash the party this year in editing and screw up people's traditional stats than perhaps ever ever before or do you look at this and say you know what the fablemans is just not that strong and, and and it's nobody's crashing anything. This is your, this is your best picture likelies, most likelies here. How do you view I, that? I'm wondering if this is suggesting that between this and the directing nom, 
if, if Elvis should be taken more seriously, by at least by Critics' Choice in terms of the Best Picture. Because all these are Best Picture nominees, and yet mm. we don't necessarily consider all six of these. Like Babylon, Elvis have not been considered as Best Picture possibilities for the win. Avatar right. and Top Gun, by most people, haven't been considered as the for the win. I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once has since catapulted in front of the Fablemans in many people's eyes, even though, again, I said it during the friggin' uh, episode at the uh, that we did the gambling stuff where I yeah, but it's, my it's, it's still not in the in the books. I, I put right. a post about that the other day. It's still in second place. It's still behind the Fablemans. Anyway, we have. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this category right now. I'm not gonna. I, I should have done the stat. I didn't do it. But uh, critics' choice. You got my. You got my antennas up about editing. Yeah. Watch Tar oh. sweep everything at the critics' choice. All right, Michael. One more category: Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. <laughs> uh, for but this is costume design. I probably should say the name of uh, the co- the category. <laughs> Ruthie Carter. Leading costume design here in the nominees. Uh, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Jenny Egan, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Shirley Carrada, uh, Elvis, Catherine Martin. We kind of predicted that one. Uh, Everybody did. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Woman King's Gersha Phillips and Babylon's Mary Zofri's Missing Out. Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. You are weeping over that. The Fablemans. (laughs) Banshees Living White Noise. Uh, Secrets of Dumbledore. Probably not showing up this season. Corsage missing. It's just suits. It's a lot of suits. Corsage is a lot of dresses. Yeah. I mean, but the Fableman's is suits. It's in Dumbledore suits. You know. A lot of, a lot of suits. Babylon Downton, suits. Downton Abbey, another huge snub. <laughs> I, uh, this, this could be a case where, uh, everything everywhere, rightfully, but it could end up sweeping a couple big categories too on its way to being a best picture winner the the fact that it's showing up down the entire card right to me is it's this is a no-brainer like everything everywhere all at once just based on the resume based on the love for it based on the campaigns based on the the the, how it's going to be supported throughout every single branch of the academy where we're mentioning it where we wouldn't have months ago as as a snub Mm -hmm. where would i just mention it Anyway, I just mentioned it to, uh, or what? No, never mind. It's it's just getting nominated everywhere. I don't, so forget it. I, it's getting nominated everywhere it can. It, it is the strongest resume right now. It is performing the best right now. Does that mean it's going to win at the end of the day? I mean, put your predictor's hat on. But this movie may, in fact, especially if the Daniels keep giving speeches like they are. Mm-hmm. Kiwi Kwan keeps giving speeches like he is. And, I mean, it's working its way into uh, pop culture in general. I mean, Michelle Yeoh getting times whatever of the year that was. Entertainer of the year or some some kind of award that I've never seen them give out before. Well, that's the thing. Like, the cover. Yeah, if you, had, if, you had to have, if you had to put money down right now, I would pick everything everywhere oh, yeah. all at once. For I would take picture? your money. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The that's fact the- that it's, like, still over plus 300 or plus 3 to 1, uh, you should run to your book. Hmm. Does that does that hold? Well, we've seen things not hold. You know, they, it could get vetoed. The older vote. I mean, Clayton put out out a piece. It was it was pretty good. I I, I was with that. There's a the lot of butt. Thing, there's a lot the of only... butt stuff. Butt stuff in the movie, Mike. <laughs> Old people don't like butt stuff. They're fingers, hypocrites. Those hot dog fingers have to go somewhere. You, the only thing I would be <laughs> careful about, 
and this is, uh, I think it was the Oscar expert who actually brought this up on Twitter, or maybe one of his comments, but mm-hmm. d- don't turn everything everywhere. Everything everywhere shouldn't want to be the best picture frontrunner yet. I mean, The Fableman still is technically, at least by Vegas standards, even though a lot of people don't see it that way and think that everything everywhere is the front. I don't think, I mean, the frontrunner is going to get criticized and backtracked to death right now. How much does it matter if they just play it well? That's the difference, though. If they if they just play it well and every speech is as good as the last one, like we we saw them at the Gotham. People got sick of watching 1917 win, and that was a pretty inoffensive movie. Uh, it didn't win that much, but yeah, I, look at I, but. Nineteen seventeen was kind of a late breaker too, but it was. I don't know if I'd compare those two. All right, I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. I know I didn't like Avatar too. That's I'm pretty resolute in that opinion. <laughs> I know I wanted to disagree with you more about that. <laughs> That's what I knew. I'm sitting there. I'm aggravated. I'm like, I knew I was going to hate this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's your fault. Let the hate consume But then <laughs> we didn't hate it the same way. Well, we did. It's just a matter like, because I didn't disagree. I'm kidding. With, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't we, disagree I don't with wanna, anything I you don't, said. I don't want to have this conversation anymore. I'm so glad we didn't do a full <laughs> freaking film study. Well, you were saying we should have. During, during your complaining in this episode, you said we should have. I, 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 you got me all flustered. I don't even. <laughs> you're making me. You're making me angry at how we both hate the movie, and we we should. Be. I wish you watched Seinfeld. I really do. There's an episode of Seinfeld that's perfect for how I feel about Avatar Two, where, where Elaine is forced by her boss to sit through the English Patient, and she hates it. I hate she's the English Patient. Physically in pain watching the movie, and she like she's like, I, I got to get out of here. And her boss says, Elaine, you're fired. And she's, like, she's like, Great, I'll meet you outside. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. That's the only reason I stayed in that chair throughout that godforsaken runtime. Anyway. I, 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 the number of times in this episode where I wish you would have left. Just, no, okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so you could yell at me more about not seeing that either? I know your games. I just wish. I just wish. I wish we could. Bo- like, where's the movie that we're both going to just join hands, Roman handshake on? When is that coming? As my dog barges into the room. I hope it's Babylon. Could be Babylon. We love Chazelle. He hasn't done us wrong yet. Babylon. People are pooping all over Babylon. Good. Bring it on. I'm tired of people. I'm tired of putting stock into what they say anymore. <laughs> all right. So there, there's your test. There's your litmus test. There's yeah. your critics. We're going to heal. We're, we're, we're going to be the uh, upside down. I've been saying podcast. to you off mic for like weeks now, we just need to go full. He- and this is genuine. Like this is this is authentic. This isn't a bit. Weeks? Weeks? <laughs> Try years. Yeah. Uh-huh. Guys. As always, what matters most to us are your thoughts because you're not. We love you, dear listener. <laughs> it's everyone else we hate, but you we love. <laughs> Let us know. What did you think about Avatar 2? Have you seen it yet? Have you gotten to it? Were you as let down to it as, uh, by it 
as Mike and I were uh, or not, as well as we want to know your thoughts about the Critics' Choice nominees here. What was your biggest snub? What are you happy to see? Make the cut there. Leave us all of that, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We're available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app, if you would be so kind, if you appreciate what we do, especially if you're in bed with us about our Avatar 2 outlooks, uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, those help us out a lot. If you loved Avatar 2, the audacity of you, you skipped this episode a while ago. Five stars. <laughs> well, only the true believers are left at this point. Let's be honest. Woj. Also, Mom. David Long. That's the list. <laughs> Three people are listening. <laughs> Mike, what's coming next from us? And let's have some words of wisdom to end on. What's coming next? We have the Oscar shortlist mid next week. A couple of categories that we uh, purposely skipped from the Critics' Choice Awards that we talked about in Golden Globes. We Mm -hmm. will circle back around and and kind of play the shortlist off the Critics' Choice nominations, etc., uh, or the Golden Globes as well. So we could uh, we can have fun with those categories we do every year before Christmas. I'm not sure if we're going to record sooner than that or if we'll go from there to Babylon, but that's what we got going on. Uh, otherwise, I don't feel... I don't feel qualified to to, to <laughs> offer up any words of wisdom after this one. I will say this: if you go, like, I, I will echo what you said. Mm-hmm. If you go to Avatar and you enjoy yourselves, I, I'm, I'm I am happy for you. Good and for I, you. I think I think uh, I don't think that makes them like I, that's why I don't want to get to to a point, Mike. It doesn't make them. It just makes them wrong. It doesn't make them. <laughs> Doesn't make them bad. <laughs> Doesn't make them bad people. We just no, we think I mean, they're wrong. Hey man, that's the beauty of film. I'm right. sure there's people out there that hated, you know, everything we've loved too. That's fine. <laughs> that's true. That's fine. It's I hopefully this was entertaining. regardless. Yeah. And all I care about which I should care about more. I just want it to be a good show. <laughs> if we put on a good show, that's what I want. I have so maybe, no doubt this was a show. This was a show. This was a <laughs> This was something. (laughs) Something else. Guys, when reality or the last three and a half hours of your existence in a movie theater suck, you can come check out the Critics' Choice nominees with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.